can do better. It's going to be a good year. It's going to be a good year. You know, tough seasons don't always last, but tough people do. Things are not just going to keep on going as it is because God is in control, nobody else. And if you have a godly perspective of life and you read through the Bible, you'll find these seasons and these historical events that shows you the character of God and then the covenant of God supersedes all that you and I think we go through and what will happen and what will not happen. There's a God in charge of the world and it's still under His control. We don't have to fear. And I believe that literally as we ended off last year, end of last year, um, I, I literally felt God said, we're stepping into a total new season of grace. And we're God, we're going to hear testimony upon testimony of what God is doing. Out of the ashes, hope will arise. Those are not just songs. It should become belief systems in your soul that wake you up in the morning. It should be the words that you take you to bed and you, you start to put your focus on Jesus and not of anything else. You trust in God to make a way for you because there's a God that if you and I serve Him, He's always been faithful. I've been studying through the, in my theological studies, I've been studying through the historical books um, over the last few months. And it's incredible when you read through the historical books and it's about the kings and Israel and, you know, they go and God rips out and God delivers them and, and then they go back into idolatry and they mess up and so on. And then they come back and they repent and immediately God is back there again and God lifts them up again and God restores them. And then they go cycle by cycle, cycle the whole time the same thing. And every single time God is faithful, the moment they repent, God forgives. God restores them. It's like almost like, God, why would you do that? It's because God is faithful to His covenant. He's faithful to His word. He's not dependent on you and I and how strong we are. He's more asking you and I to humble ourselves because He's going to do what He's called and what He's planned to do because He's God. And friends, we're not serving a dead religion. We're not serving a dead God. We're not serving dead idols. We're serving the one and only true God in the universe. There's none like Him. There aren't, any, there aren't many gods. It's one God. And you and I have the privilege. You could have been in another religion and think you're right, but you're actually wrong. You are in a religion that you are right. I hope you believe that. Because your belief should change your habits. Change your thinking, change the way you live your life, change the way you think about things, change the way you approach life, and even go through COVID. You should take COVID and put next to it, delete, and get out of it, and move on. We drove back from holiday on the 24th of December, and in the car, my wife said she didn't feel well. And the next moment, we realized, that like on the ATT, we were the last man standing. And so, yes, we got COVID. The whole family just scabangled. Me, my wife, my two sons, my father-in-law, my mother-in-law. And, um, you know, it's, and so we had a Christmas COVID moment. <laughs> but by God's grace, we came out of it pretty well. I mean, but you know what? Even in the midst of all of that, there was no fear. Because I know that God is faithful. And that His plans for our lives is not manipulated and determined by circumstances. And I want to pray God's blessing over you. I want to speak faith into your heart. 
I want you to rise in your soul and wake up in the morning and see God's face. This moment, we're going to go and pray and fast and abide in Christ. Take this moment serious and ask God to realign your heart, your mind, your motives, everything. Whatever you felt in the last two years that has almost derailed you, get back on track. Pick up your soul. Pick up your heart. Let's, this is a great moment for us, friends, to not sit passive, but to actually really get engaged. Get out in the world and reach people because the world out there is asking big questions. And you and I have the answer. The world out there has reason to fear. You and I have reason to faith. This is the moment for us to be alive. God carefully planned you being alive this moment. Make the most of it. Do something about it. It's really an honor to be with you tonight. And I believe and I trust God as we speak tonight about building and living a culture of honor. Now, honor is something we've spoken about a lot. Honor is something that's it's not an unfamiliar language in our midst. But I was trusting God to really bring this across in a new and a fresh way and almost give you a take-home value that you know, okay, what can I do so that I can live something and how do I grow in something so that this will affect my life? Because we could easily sit in a moment like this and hear messages, but it doesn't affect our lives. It doesn't change our lives. It informs us, which means you've got information and you can share information. But information that does not bring transformation. It's like the cross people wear. It doesn't mean they believe in it. The only cross that really, really changes you is the one not you wear, it's the one you swallow. It's when you allow the information to go inside of you and start to change things inside of your soul. You think about honor. I bet every single one of you have done something dishonoring in the last week. I have. If you almost want to say, okay, who's perfect? Who's really this best example of perfect honor? And you are getting it right. I mean, did you cross the speed limit? Mm, that is it. Have you, I mean, have you just responded in a bad way? Friends, we all are in need of grace on a daily basis. The question is not, are you getting it perfectly right? But the question is, are you deliberately, intentionally pursuing it? Are you trusting God to keep on developing and growing and becoming more like Jesus? I'm not asking if you're like Jesus. I can see you now. We all are under construction. Come on. We all are still a work in progress. I always say to people, if God puts you in a fix to fix you, and you get out of the fix before you've been fixed, He's just going to put you in another fix to fix you, because He's going to fix you. Don't get out of the fix. Many people jump and hop around and, you know, maybe if I go to that church, maybe if the services open up again. Friends, all of that is great. But ultimately, it's going to come back to the message I'm going to share with you tonight. Honor. What is honor? When you say that person is honorable, let's change around. When you say that person is dishonoring, dishonoring to women, dishonoring to people, dishonoring to this. What is at the core of racism? It's dishonor. What is at the core of relational abuse? It's dishonor. What is at the core of everything? It's dishonor. So if you really want to say, Lord, how do I change my life? With all the big words, make it simple. Get a motto. I'm going to live to honor God. If you just have this idea in your mind, think about this. You drive in your car. You wake up in the morning. You step into your office. You're on the beach. You're somewhere in a party environment. And the only motto in your mind is, I live to honor God. Think about the protection over your life if your mind says you, don't do that. 
Let me just answer. Nobody else there. Just you and the Holy Spirit. Oh, that's honoring. No, that's not honoring. There's no greater guide that you can make part of your life is to embrace a lifestyle and say, I'm going to honor God. Why do I forgive? Because it honors God. Why do I make rights? Because it honors God. Why do I ask forgiveness? Because it honors God. Why am I faithful? Because it honors God. Why are you sitting here tonight? Because it honors God. Why do we reach out to lost people? Because it honors God. See, friends, if you do it for any other reason, it's not going to last. It's not a slogan. But see, how do we progress in it? And I want to help us to understand that tonight. I want to read you this quote from Mr. Mandela. He says, honor belongs to those who never forsake the truth, even when things seem dark and grim, who try over and over again, who are never discouraged by insults, humiliation, and even defeat. You stick with the truth. That is a powerful statement. And friends, when we think about honor, 1 Peter 3 verse 15 says to us, but in your heart, in your heart, honor Christ the Lord as holy. Always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason of the hope that is in you. Why is there a hope in you? It's because there's an honor, you, a God you honor. If there's no God you honor, there's no hope in our souls. There's a God we worship. It says, yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience, so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. Friends, there's something about honor. There's something about living a life of honor. And the question is not, are you getting the perfect right? The question is, is that really the thing you strive for, so that you know when you're dishonoring, you know you're wrong. Nobody has to phone you. Nobody has to call you. See, there's a desire in our hearts to really be honorable people. We'll be open for input. Discipleship will work. See, discipleship doesn't work because we share information. Discipleship only works because you and I want to change. We want to become more like Jesus. Transformation. I believe there are four stages God showed me, four levels how we progress in honor. The very basic, almost like foundational, almost like immature approach to honor is, I'm going to use four Ps to help you remember this. The first one is production. It's just what people deliver. How people serve. You know, when there's fruit, I honor you. Oh, this guy's a great businessman, therefore I honor him. This person's got a big bank account, therefore I honor him. It's only based on what people have done and how you benefit, and therefore I honor you. But if I benefit nothing from you, there's no reason to honor you. That's a very immature foundation of honor. I honor on my preference. I only honor on my, okay, I honor that person, but not this person. I honor this, you know, group. I don't honor that group. Because I can choose who I honor because it's all in, you know, according to my preference and my understanding. If that's the life we live, you're going to find yourself living a life of dishonor, not of honor. Because it's always linked to what I benefit. And it's around self. Well, the Bible gives us the opposite. The Bible goes a little bit further, much more. It says in 1 Peter 2 verse 17, honor everyone. When you walk into the restaurant, honor the waitress. When you step in somebody else's home, honor them. 
This morning I was sharing, um, with my, my son went to high school last year. He's so glad he's out of his first year. <laughs> he's, he's now in his second year in high school. And, and um, I, we saw a radical change in his life. I mean, we've loved him. We've raised him. We've helped him to honor people. And we try to raise our children to honor God. But Sonny, they got something right. They tra- taught my son to start to greet people, even in the mall. Morning, sir. Morning, ma'am. Morning, sir. It's like, okay, slow down. I don't even know these guys. <laughs> you know, I mean, suddenly we walk up the stairs. We've got stairs in our home. And he would stop and then let my wife go first. I was like, why didn't you do that next last year? <laughs> I mean, I've tried this for like 13 years. But you know what is beautiful about that? Suddenly, you know what? My wife feels respected. You suddenly see all the people, I mean, he will stand up and would you please sit? I mean, there's something, and it's not just behavioral modification. There's really a value in his heart that's really to start to grasp. It's much easier to honor that to be dishonored. And you start to see things change in people's lives. You know what? When you and I live lives of honor, you will always be honored. And when you and I live lives that are dishonoring, we always will eat the fruit of this honor. The Bible says, honor everybody. Black, white, colored, young, old, men, women. Doesn't matter who they are. We honor everybody. Love your neighbor, love the brotherhood. Fear God, honor the emperor. He's just taking the whole spectrum here. From king to nobody, honor everybody. You see, production is the very entry level of starting to honor but then we progress into the next level, which I believe is positional honor. Positional honor is basically we understand the position of somebody, and because of their position, we honor them, which is biblical. The Bible says honor the king. You could honor Donnie as the senior leader because he's just senior leader, and just because of the position you honor him, which is biblical and it's right, but it's still shallow. We could easily just honor people for their position in life. But there is a much more deeper progression that we can go into a place where there's not just a positional honor. But if you think about God, it starts here. Who is God to you? Think about why we honor God. Why would you want to honor God? Friends, if honor, the honor of God is not part of your theology, then Christianity will never make sense. There's no reason to do what is right. Who's going to appeal you know, to you? Who's going to keep you accountable? Who's going to force you to do this? Who's going to sit on your shoulder the whole time and make sure you're doing it? Somewhere something needs to transition from external you know, appeals to an internal value system. True Christianity is an inside out. It's not an outside in. So when you look at positional leadership and a positional a place of honor, and it's important that, yes, we do honor people for that. You see, when you think about honor and respect, they differ. Respect is something that people earn, and you can lose respect. Honor is what you give, no matter what they've done. Because honor is who you are. Honorable. Do I only honor people that I know, or do you honor people? Do you honor your neighbor without knowing them? You could even honor people you don't respect. You can even honor people you don't agree with. We don't have to agree before you honor. 
Honor is a lifestyle. You see, there's something about we understanding. In the, now, where does it all start? It all starts coming back to understand the position of God. Who is God? God is the creator of the universe. He is the only owner of everything. He's the origin of life. He's the only holy, absolute holy, and loving God, which means holy, there's no flaw in his character, and love means there is no ill motive in anything he does ever. There's not one of us like that. Not even your best friend. That is perfectly in character and has never an ill motive. That's God. See, we need to understand God's position as the creator of the universe. He is the authority above heaven and earth. And he controls everything. And then we need to understand our position apart from God. We are weak and sinful. And in desperate need of a savior. And with all the things we've achieved and all the stuff in our bank account and all the cars we drive, it comes to nothing apart from God. Unless we find that place of total humility, we will never find ourselves in a place of absolute honorability. It's out of humility that we start to live a life of honor. Because proud people cannot honor. They want to be honored. It's in humility we honor and we live a life of honor. 1 Timothy 2 verse 2 3 says, for kings, is honor for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and delightful in every way. It is good and it's pleasing in the sight of God, our Savior. See, when we talk about positional thing, you know, honor, we talk about a place. But I believe the next two is actually really where you start to see Honor not just being a decision you make or kind of you remind yourself, hey, you should be honorable, but it started to become part of who you are. And the third level, a progressive level, is the place of commission. Where you know who God is and you say, Lord, I know who you are, but I'm going to give you permission to enter my life. I know who you are. Many people know God is God, but they don't give God permission to lead them. Many people speak about God, but they haven't surrendered and submitted their lives to Jesus. They haven't submitted their finances, their relationships, their future, their marriage, whatever you want to call it, whatever there is, they haven't submitted to God, which means, Lord, I see you as God, I know you are God, I know you're the creator of the universe, but you don't have the right in my life. You see, that in itself is the foundation of this honor. We submit to God because we know who He is. And the moment we allow God to give God permission in our lives, we allow the sovereignty of God to start to dictate our lives. You and I don't have to wake up in the morning with fear. Why? Because it's a God that I submit to, and my life is in His hands. The worst thing that can happen to you and me is we can die. How bad is that? Not that bad. You're going to a better place. There's no Quran. You see, that's the worst thing that can happen to us. So what's the rest? Friends, it's an opportunity to honor God in health and in sickness. When it goes well, when it goes bad. 
in the midst of the deepest challenges, when you're facing persecution, when you're facing input, and those moments, it's right there where you're tested. Not do you honor the position, but are you giving permission? Say, Lord, enter my soul. Touch me on the inside. Change me from the inside out. I'm okay. I'm opening up. You see, all that's happening, the moment you and I start to give God permission in our lives, the way God starts to deal with us, He uses people that He puts in our life. That we start to submit to one another. We start to open up our lives to one another. That it goes way beyond just position. It's not just Don is submitting to me, but it's me submitting to Don because I need him in my life. It's not just my wife submitting to me. It's me submitting to my wife. It's going as far as, can I even submit to my eight-year-old son? He's almost eight. <laughs> can I allow him, allow him to give input to my life? Over the holidays, we had a two or three days. It was like, you could feel the tension at home. The two brothers, they, they did for seven years. And uh, you could just see tension. And the more they get tension, have tension, the more mommy gets tension. And so we decided, okay, it's time for family gathering. What we do is we usually go and we sit around and say, right, everybody listen. I'm going to give each one a time to speak, and you all can speak it unfiltered and tell anybody, me, my wife, brother, exactly what makes you unhappy. And nobody is allowed to interrupt. So cute to listen to the seven-year-old, how he speaks. <laughs> Mommy, when you did that, da, 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 da. and that's a moment for us not to, to defend. It's a moment for us to listen. And realize his age does not mean he doesn't experience things. Does not mean maybe he's right. Doesn't mean that maybe what we did was wrong. And can we say sorry to a seven-year-old? Can you and I say sorry to people we've wronged? No matter what their position is. It goes a little bit deeper now. Can we live humble lives as we open up our hearts? You know what? That moment we shared... He shared his heart, and his older brother, the only way you respond is not to defend. You respond and say, I'm sorry. And then the older brother would speak, and then my wife would speak. And, and, and so we all go, you know what? Something just broke in that moment, and there's a peaceful week ahead of us. Because honor has never hurt anybody. Honor has never, you know, destroyed anybody. It's the opposite it does. See, friends, when you and I embrace God's sovereignty in our lives, there's one way we respond. We surrender our lives to God. James 4, verse 6 to 8 says, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, sinners, and purify your hearts. You see, the scripture is powerful. People say, resist the devil. You can't resist the devil. You are not that powerful. The way you resist the devil is by submitting to God. If you don't submit to God, there is no resistance of the devil. There's an embracing. There's an invitation to, of the devil. You see, the way you and I find our strength is not by being strong. It's find ourselves of being weak and hide in Christ. Lord, I need you. Apart from you, I'm nothing. I'm done. There's no position that protects me from pride. It's the place where you and I find ourselves humbling, humble in Christ. The Bible says when you humble yourself, God gives grace. What is grace? Grace is not just a license to keep on doing what I'm doing and ask God forgiveness. That's unbiblical. 
biblical grace is God give you and me the ability to do what is humanly impossible. You and I cannot stop sin. We cannot live holy. We cannot honor God. We can't even do what I'm talking to you now. We need Jesus. What is grace? He gives you the supernatural ability to get right what is humanly impossible. Some of you would like to have that. How do we get it? We live humble. We allow humility to enter our lives and be the guide in our lives. Humility and honor goes hand in hand. Hebrews 13 to 17 says, Obey your your leaders and submit to them, for they keep watch over your souls as those who have to give an account. Let them do so with joy and not with groaning, for that will not be of of no advantage to you. The Bible talks about authority in our lives and leaders God gives. You see, all of it comes back to how we submit, how I submit, how you submit. When we submit our lives to God and we allow God to enter our lives, here's 2022 in front of us. What's this year going to be like? It's going to all depend on how you and I submit to Jesus, how we allow Jesus to lead our lives, and how we give God permission to lead us. To submit to His will and His ways and believe that He's a good God and He has a good plan for your life. Out of the ashes, hope will arise. But this requires from you and me to live a life of obedience, love and obedience. So Lord, I want to honor you. I want to do what is right in your eyes. My eyes are on you. My eyes are on to please you, not just man. And see, from a place of permission, it's not just God's position, but I'm giving God permission. I'm allowing Jesus to be the Lord of my life. In your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord. I believe then it comes to a place where it becomes personal. This level is where it's no more just a thing that you have to do, but it's a value sold. You want to do this. I want to honor. I want to honor God. And if, Lord, if that honors you, I'm going to honor, I'm going to do that. If that honors you the way I speak, if that honors you the way I treat people, if that honors you, Lord, I want to do this. And Lord, whenever I am dishonoring, help me. See, friends, if we allow this to be part of our lives, a motto, and you get in your car, the motto is, I'm going to honor God. Step into your office, I'm going to honor God. You walk into your bathroom, I'm going to honor God. You go on holiday, I'm going to honor God. And imagine just we as a family, we build a culture, we say, we're going to honor each other, we're going to honor God, we're going to honor people around us. Let me tell you, people will get saved without you even asking them. Because they will see something that is not normal. Because what is normal in the world out there is we, all, we can live easily dishonoring. They just dishonor each other. They speak dishonoring to this person and dishonor about that and dishonor about this race and that culture and this person and that age. and this. That's not who we are. We were called into a different culture. We were called into a different race. You and I are called into a place where we're not just giving honor, we become honorable. We become people that when people look at us, there's something attractive about your life. There's something attractive about you being a man, you being a woman. When you wake up in the morning, the Holy Spirit says, Holy Spirit, I want to honor you today. Help me to live a life that brings you joy. Friends, when it becomes personal, it means it becomes something that's part of your DNA. It's part of your values. 
And loving obedience to God is no more an obligation, it's a desire. And I'm not saying we're having it this daily. I'm trying to give us a vision, not just for this year, but for a lifestyle. So Lord, I want to be known as a person of honor. In the midst even of a lot of challenges we face, where do I start? I'll give you three simple points. How do I start this? The first thing you start, as the Bible says, put your heart into it. Honor starts with your heart. Proverbs 3 verse 5 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your understanding. The Bible uses the heart many times as a metaphor. Why? Because it's the most vital organ. You can amputate your legs, you can amputate your arms, you can still be okay. Paralympics shows miraculous things that people do without legs, without arms. But when you have a heart condition, you're busy dying. Protect your heart. Honor starts in your heart. It's not just lip language. It's not just something you have to do. It's something you believe in. It's easy that they can pray my son to greet, greet, and then he's out of school, he doesn't greet anyone. That's not the goal. The goal is can you get to the place where you understand and value what you're doing. People can do in certain connect groups and small groups and, yeah, this works or doesn't work. I don't make disciples. I don't disciple people because I have to. I've discovered a value that helps people more than what I've ever seen in ministry in my life. That's why I do it. I've seen people's life changes from it. I literally see how people grow. There's a value in it. See, when something becomes personal, nobody can take it away from you. When something's on the external, you're waiting for external motivation before you do it. When this becomes personal, friends, it becomes part of our lifestyle. It starts in our heart. Then we also, how do we grow this? Put it on your lip. The words you use, the way you speak. When you speak, ask yourself, Lord, how can I honor? How can I speak words of honor? How can I be honorable in what I say? And the last one the Bible says here is it's in our actions, what we do. How we respond, how we pitch up. The most honorable thing you can do is pitch up. Be there. If you say to someone, I'm going to be there, be there. If you commit to something, follow through with it. There's something about that honor. If you, if you laid phone, you can't make it, tell them you can't make it. It's just honorable. You know, I, in, my, in my small groups many times, I say to business people, you know, it's, it's simple. We, start, we have our small groups at 6.30 in the morning. If I come, you come. If you don't come, I don't come. It's really simple. I also wake up. I also have a family, and I also have a lot of stuff to do. If I'm there 6.30, you're there 6.30. If you can't make it, you let me know. If I can't make it, I'll let you know. That's honorable. And that's just one example. You know, you can honor God with your time. Honor God with your gifts. Some of you sitting here, you've got music talents. Why don't you go to the band and say, how do I serve? Jesus, not the band. How do I just make coffee? You're going to walk out tonight and you're going to have great coffee. Somebody served you. See, there's ways we act it out. You act it out in your finances. Malachi says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Be faithful, not in some seasons, all seasons. Oh, Phil, but that's Old Testament. Really? Well, so is Genesis 1 verse 26, and God created man in his image. And nobody's ever said to me that's Old Testament. But it is. It's really Old Testament. It's Genesis. <laughs> be very careful to be selective Old Testament according to your preference because that's very dishonorable. 
You either read your Bible or you don't. If you go read that scripture properly, verse 6 says, I, the Lord God, do not change. That doesn't sound Old Testament. It sounds an eternal statement. Do not rob me. And he speaks about tithes and offerings. See, friends, tithes is just a very basic. I was not asked about speaking about money. I'm just telling you the way we live our lives, our actions, really affects if we live an honorable life. I don't give tithes because the church asks me. I give tithes because I honor Jesus. Nobody has to ask me and say, you book, show me your books for your business if you're doing your tithing. I don't have to do that. Why? I don't need a police. I'm honoring Jesus. And I know when I don't honor Jesus. Trust me. I know when I did something, and Lord, that was dishonoring. And friends, when we have this guide in our soul, it brings us to a place where you and I become people who don't need external control. But there's the Lordship of Christ in our lives. We call it honor. There's the Lordship of Christ in our lives that wakes us up in the morning. It's the Lordship of Christ that says to us, no. It's the Lordship of Christ that says to us, yes. You can easily see Christians who got born again that only serves a Savior, but they dishonored the Lord. And you can see when Christians got saved right. They got saved because they embraced Him as Lord, and they submit to His leading. And they make Him and allow Him to be in charge of their lives. May we be a people that live under the Lordship of Christ, and we enjoy it. May we be a people who want to see Jesus become famous. And we spend our lives for that. May we be a people that seek God's fame and not our own. That it's not about our own preference. And may we be a people who easily submit, open up our lives and allow people to lead and guide and speak into our lives because we want to be more like Jesus. I pray a God-blessed life, a year 2022, over you, that you will see God's favor upon your life. But I do want to appeal to you Abide in Him. Submit to Him. Give Him permission to lead you. Give Him permission. Maybe some of you are sitting here tonight. For the first time, why don't you give Him permission, even in those secret rooms? And say, Lord, it's okay. It's yours. Do whatever. I trust you. And see what God does if you open up your life to that extent. See, religion doesn't want to take you there because religion is based on preference. Through Christianity is based on submission. A total surrender to a God we trust. Father, I pray for your people tonight. May we wake up in the morning knowing who you are. With a desire in our hearts to honor you. May we go to bed to honor you. Father, may we Step into relationships honoring you. May we steal our resources to honor you. Father, may everything we do be for your glory and your honor. And Holy Spirit, we ask you, lead us, guide us. Encourage us, strengthen us, grace us to honor you. Grace us to honor God in everything we do. Bless your people, Lord. I thank you, Lord God, for each one sitting here tonight. May they experience the fruit of God in their lives. May they experience the, the joy of God in their lives. Your provision, your protection. But Father, may we at the same time serve only one God and no idols. Only you. In Jesus' name I pray this.